In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. And there was one Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. Even though the prophetess Anna's words are not quoted, she occupies a great deal of the narrative of our Lord's presentation in the temple. A lot of detail is offered about her life that should strike us as important because we are not offered unimportant details. There aren't necessarily clues to secrets, but the point is she's important. Usually it's Simeon, whom we remember, the Nook Timidus, we pray every night with Compline. And it's especially striking when you contrast the Holy Family, the young virgin, her betrothed, her baby boy, and this very old woman. She had been with her husband seven years. She was a widow, 84 years, or perhaps she was 84 years old and had been a widow since having been married for seven. Estimate that perhaps she married at the age 14. She was a widow for a long, long time. And it's the second part of verse 37 that gives us something to imagine. She did not depart from the temple by fastings and prayers serving night and day. Here is a holy woman of another variety in the presence of the most holy of women with her newborn baby boy. Both dedicated to prayer. Both dedicated to the service of God. One in a family and one in solitude. I want to thank you, along with Father Melmer, uh, for having taken such great advantage of the sacrament of penance over the last few days. It actually was remarkable. The Wednesday after, the day after Christmas, and the Saturday after Christmas, we, it looks like we had more confessions on those two days after Christmas than we did the Wednesday and Saturday before Christmas, which was remarkable. I, I hope that doesn't mean that so many people had a miserable dinner table with their family on Christmas, um, 
But Father Melmer and I are, th- are thinking of a, of a new pastoral initiative for the year 2019, and it's, um, this is what we're thinking of calling it. Let me know what you think. Don't sin. <laughs> you might try it. You might hear more about it on New Year's Day, um, but think about it. It's, um, new, you know, it's a novel, novel project. But sometimes our family life is, a, is an experience of heaven. Maybe in long stretches, maybe in little glimpses. It could be when you see um, just siblings loving each other. Siblings taking care of each other, even in old age especially. I received a really remarkable Christmas card that showed, you know, the picture of the family. Except it wasn't the picture of the kids. It was a picture of the adult siblings who still love each other so much that they take a group photo for their Christmas card. Most adults in their 40s, 50s, and 60s don't get along with their siblings quite well enough to be able to take a group Christmas photo. Very few words, but really telling. Sometimes heaven, you know, heaven visits us um, in our homes when everything is just peaceful. And, and it could just be for a, a moment or an hour or so at the end of the day when, when you know, the little ones are asleep. And there's, there's order, or there's gratitude, there's exhaustion, but there's, there's joy. One of the fruits of a good family is other good families. And another fruit of a good family is strong vocations. So in earnest, that is one of my concerns and one of my priorities, um, is to try to help um, young women enter the monastery, young men enter the seminary, to encourage everyone to, to consider it and to ask you to pray for that. Granted, at least I, I boasted to Father Melmer, I think the, the people who come here to church on Sunday aren't the kind of Catholics who discourage their children from a religious or a priestly vocation. But it is good for you to know that that obstacle does happen where children or young adults are discouraged from considering the life of celibacy. And they're they're not given encouragement when they um, express an interest in it or even experience direct opposition from their parents. So obviously not your children, but maybe your nephews, maybe your nieces, maybe your neighbors. And so it's something that we should be actively promoting just as a normal thing. Um, not applying pressure to people and not cornering them and not giving them a guilt trip, but just, uh, you know, in the same way that my dad asked me as I was considering college, well, have you ever thought about going to the Maritime Academy and being a ship's captain? It's not as though he was trying to force me to do it, but he just wanted me to consider every legitimate possibility.
It does wonders when you, when you mention that, just as a complete compliment. Hey, have you ever thought about the possibility of that? I think you might be good at it. I don't know that, I'm not saying I'm a prophet or a prophetess, but just, you know, consider it. That's always welcome. Yeah, my brother's friends, who were either still seminarians or priests, who would throw their stole around my neck when I was still in high school, that was not welcome. That was an obstacle to overcome. But what these days after Christmas teach us, among so many other juxtapositions, beauty and life intermingled with death and slaughter, is this, is this juxtaposition of, of Mary and, and Anna. Mary, a, a, a wife and a mother, who, whose, whose life of constant prayer and service is in the, the busyness of a home, and Anna, whose constant prayer is in, is in solitude. One inevitably leads to the other. And so in a real sense, when, when marriage prep takes place, among all the other things that are mentioned, one, one thought, especially if it's a spiritually mature couple, is, is that a, a, marriage is inevitably bound to leave one of you a widow or a widower, and the other in heaven. And hopefully marriage is such a life of commitment and sacrifice and discipline that it prepares you to love heroically under all circumstances. And that widow or widower will have a heart that's so accustomed to love that the only thing that can continue to maintain that, that human heart is the love of God, as a monk or a nun would need the outpouring of the love. To live their life. Everyone is, every one of us is bound for that eventually, sooner or later. So I encourage you to spend some time with Anna, the prophetess, in Luke 20, or Luke chapter 2. And to recognize a very important figure. who will accompany us in our, our difficult moments now and who will be an example for our, our final days, our final months, our final years, where so much of our time will be either us worrying about ourselves or us spending time with the Lord. The Incarnation makes it possible for us to discover God every day 
in the flesh. Turns our loneliness into solitude. Makes our virginity fruitful. Makes our sufferings meaningful. Always gives us something to look forward to. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.